0: Welcome to the River of Life Church podcast, your home for weekly messages that will equip you in your spiritual growth. Thank you from everyone here at ROLC, and enjoy the sermon. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. So happy to be here. It's a privilege to be here. And, and welcome to those of you that are online. We're so glad that you decided to join us. You're the extended congregation here in the... Uh, we just thank you and, and welcome you as part of the assembly here. You know, as Cindy was saying, we, we love Pastor Craig and Cindy, you know, just all those years, years ago. And I brought this up before, and Pastor Craig is so creative, right? There was a time when there were a lot of youth in the church. And, and uh, one of the first times that Debbie and I uh, met and, uh, you know, just started seeing each other was during Pastor Craig's infamous The Dating Game. I think around that time, there must have been six, six couples or so that got married. But anyway, Pastor Craig's very creative, and, uh, and we just love them. But you know what? Um, again, this is my privilege to come here and, and uh, really want Pastor Craig to just be at ease, and he's probably watching. So can, can we um, just join in faith? We prayed for him in the first service. Let's pray for him again, right, and uh, just pray a blessing and healing over him. Father, we thank you for Pastor Craig and uh, just the mighty man of God that he is, his commitment, his love for you, and his love for your people. Lord, we just pray for complete healing. We pray for that peace that passes understanding, that rest, Lord God. Bless him, give him peace, rest, and strength, Lord God, to come back even stronger than ever. Father, bless him, and we thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless the man of God. <laughs> you know, I, I also have to say, uh, I just love uh, the worship team here at uh, River of Life. And, uh, you know, we talk about being in the river with that worship team. I feel like I'm in the anointing. <laughs> and uh, for me, you know, I come up and stand at the pulpit. And to come up after that soaking is just a blessing to me because it just ushers in the flow. And it makes allows for the flow of the Word of God to just go easy. So I appreciate that. That's a blessing, the worship team that you have here. Uh, God is good, the river of life. Amen. Amen. Well, Happy Father's Day. <laughs> right? You've heard that multiple times. Uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out here. And, uh, and uh, those of you that uh, are online, thank you again for joining. Happy Father's Day. Um, you know, how, how fitting it is... Uh, that we can honor the fathers in a day or a time like this, you know, we we live in a time that uh, where evil is called good and good is called evil. Uh, the very foundation of a nation founded on the principles of God and His Word have been shaken. Right, it's a crazy time. It, in the past, it, there were things done behind the scenes. Now it's a frontal assault on those men and women that are created in the image of God, right? There's an attack. Uh, we're created in God's image, and we attack men and women. You're attacking God. But uh, to counter that today, and in honor of Father's Day, I want to talk about the attributes of a godly man. The attributes of a godly man. You know, some people don't have the example of a, of a godly man, To follow. Cindy talked about that. Um, You know, either father was not godly or they had no father. They didn't have that male role model. But God, our father, has been an example for all of us and he's given us his word to follow as the example for our lives. Throughout scripture, he has a lot to say about how to live this life as a Christ follower. But for today, I want to hone in on. Two scripture verses in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. This is the Apostle Paul talking to his protege, Timothy. And he said, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. To which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Father, I thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that the entrance of your word brings light. We pray, Father God, for just a revelation of what you would have us learn from your word this morning, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you're here in our midst. Lord God, I pray that I would decrease and you would increase, Lord, May these words be your words, my voice, but your words, Father. We acknowledge you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, this, uh, our scripture verse here, this certainly applies to women as well, right? But our scripture example is directed toward men. Paul is talking to, to young Timothy, who Paul had sent to pastor the church in Ephesus, There was some false teaching going on in the church, and and Paul sent Timothy to address it. And and I love this. Paul calls Timothy a man of God. And it was a tremendous privilege for Timothy, Timothy to be called a man of God. It's only used here and in 2 Timothy 3.17 in all of the New Testament, that title, man of God. The title was also given to Moses. In Deuteronomy 33, verse 1, Samuel in 1 Samuel 9:6, Elijah in 1 Kings 17:18, and David in Nehemiah 12:24. That's it in all of the Old Testament. So Timothy was in good company. And I want to say this morning that this title, man of God, is also for us today. Man of God, woman of God, that's for us today those who have committed their lives to Jesus and follow him passionately. Not perfect, right? Because none of us are perfect, but devoted, passionately committed to the Lord, man of God, woman of God. That's who we're talking to today. You know, something Christianity is is always passive, waiting for God to act. And yes, there are times that we wait on the Lord, certainly. Certainly. Be still and know that I'm God. There are times that we wait on the Lord. But here, Paul uses active verbs to describe the Christian life. And I want to look at four points here from our main text this morning. Point one is that verb flee. Flee. In 1 Timothy 6.11, Paul says, But you, O man of God, flee these things. That word flee in the Greek is defined as to be saved by flight to escape safely out of danger, to run. Paul is telling Timothy to flee those things mentioned in the preceding verses and elsewhere in Scripture. Flee from sin. Scripture tells us in other places, stand firm against the attack of the devil in Ephesians 6.11 and to resist him, James 4.7. But Paul doesn't say that here. There's a time to stand firm and there's a time to flee for the man of God. Some things a man of God must wisely flee from. The context in our portion of Scripture this morning has to do with the evils associated with loving money and greed. Right? However, the need to flee sin is taught throughout Scripture. Scripture. Right. Paul's talking to Timothy, it was an issue in the, in the Ephesian church there. The love of money is the root of all evil, right? The love of money. Not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. And people are getting trapped with that. But believers are called to flee other things. Believers are called to flee sexual immorality. 1 Corinthians 6.18. To flee idolatry in 1 Corinthians 10.14 to flee youthful lusts in 2 Timothy 2.11, like Joseph fleeing from Potiphar's wife as she tried to seduce him. But the man of God should run when it comes to sin. It has the ability to trap, dominate, and destroy him. You remember that story about Joseph, right? Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him over and over and over. And at one point, she had cornered him. And what did he do? He ran. I love that. What an example in Scripture. You run from sin. He was wrongly accused. He was thrown into jail. But come on, God always has the last answer. Right? With the devil meant for evil, God made it good. Right? All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. God turned that situation around. But Joseph did the right thing at that right time. He ran. Right? We're to run when it's time to run. And that's really the, uh, the essence of Proverbs 22.3. A prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Right? And you foresee evil and run. You know, uh, I go into the uh, Lehigh County Jail every week, and, and we've had a, a prison ministry here at River of Life for, for years. It was on pause after, uh, after COVID, but... But I, I go in with another uh, organization. I go in Lehigh County Jail all the time. And, and you know, we have guys that uh, you know, recidivism rate is high, right? They go out, they come back in, they go out, they come back in. And I say this, I heard this from a, from a friend of mine who went through N.A. and A.A. And um, we tell him, that, just play the tape to the end, right? When you're tempted, think about how this is going to play out. Play it to the end, and then think about what you're about to do. Run from sin, right? But think ahead of time. Run from sin. You know, uh, I'm blessed to have a, uh, have had a, a father that provided for, for his family. I have uh, six sisters and two brothers and nine kids, and I always had a roof over my head. I always had food on the table. My father was a, a hardworking man, and... But he was what society we'd call a, a functioning alcoholic. And, uh, you know, that was, that was his, his play, and he never got out of it, never ran from that, and, it, you know, ultimately caused his death. Um, but uh, he did love God, right? But he was caught in that trap. Like I said, that, that trap that many people fall into. My initial trajectory was the same thing, right? Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and, uh, you know, but God's intervention and the prayers of a praying mother turned that situation around, and I have the privilege of standing up here right now and bringing the word of God, because God's grace, gracious, he's merciful, and, uh, and he, he, there's always an opportunity for us, always an opportunity to repent and to turn around. But following godly principles or not following godly principles not only impact us, but impacts the next generation. That's why we need to play the tape to the end. Right? Do the right thing. Flee from sin. The next point is uh, pursue. That verb pursue. First Timothy 6.11 says, Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Man, Paul is laying it out for Timothy, telling him exactly what to pursue. There is a fleeing and there's a pursuing. Paul lists six godly character traits that the man of God pursues. That word pursue is defined as to seek after eagerly, earnestly endeavor to acquire. There is a pursuing, right, a seeking God, diving into his word and pursuing The character traits for the man of God, the woman of God. We have a part to play in that. And I want to look at these six godly character traits just briefly. First one being righteousness. Pursue righteousness. God saved us and made us righteous. So believers should pursue a lifestyle of righteousness. Serving others. Caring for the neglected. Evangelizing the lost discipling believers and worshiping God, just to name a few. There's an active pursuit of righteousness, right? That's part of our sanctification. We go through that process and we go dead in, dead on, head into it. There's also that uh, godliness, pursue godliness or godlikeness. It means that the man of God desires to honor, please, and reflect God in everything. We're created in his image, Paul said follow me as I follow Christ. Our ultimate goal to be it should be to be more like Christ. And that's why we pursue godliness. We pursue faith. Right? The man of God is trustworthy and daily depending on God. Right? There's a pursuit of faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God, right? Word says that. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Faith is coming now, right? We do this corporately. We do it individually. But that's a character trait that we pursue faith. And we pursue love. You know, the Greek word agape, the godlike love that loves everyone, even our enemies, right? Love should be our primary motive. We pursue patience. Patience is steadfastness, bearing up under pressure, it's how the man of God strives to go through trials and difficulties. God develops character in our lives through trials. <laughs> You're right? Scripture says that over and over. I don't know anybody that likes to go through a trial. I, I don't. i rather avoid them. But God uses them for our good, for our development. Again, all things work together for good. To those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Those trials develop us. And God uses it for our good and for his glory. Also, uh, the, the last one here is pursue gentleness, right? It refers to our response to difficult people. Instead of responding in anger or impatience, the man of God responds in a gentle manner. <laughs> That's an important one, right? Because it's not our first inclination. It's not that flesh nature, right? So you yeah, have to purposely pursue gentleness, right? It's not a, an evil response for an evil word, right? But we return Uh, evil with good in a gentle response now i went through all six of these to just to see the similarity to the fruit of the spirit remember the fruit of spirits in galatians fruit of spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness faithfulness self-control very similar right we pursue god and these are the natural outcomes for the man of god and you know what we don't do it alone I so appreciate that. The Holy Spirit that Jesus said, he, he won't just be with you, he'll be in you. Right? He'll never leave us or forsake us. I take great uh, pleasure and I'm very thankful that we don't do this alone. That dunamis power helps us be the man, the woman of God that he's called us to be. That's why I do so appreciate Pastor Craig's teaching on the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Very helpful. Hope, hopefully you're taking notes and And when he's preaching, I just take notes and then, you know, following the next couple of days, I just review it. So I want that to, you know, to sit and settle in my spirit. It's, uh, man, I want everything that God has for me. But but these are godly character traits of a godly man. And uh, I want to share this. I found this commentary uh, online about a conversation between two NFL announcers. And this is regarding uh, Walter Payton. He was a well-known Chicago Bears running back, and, and this illustrates the man of God's pursuit of character. Now, shown my age, Walter Payton, he was a uh, you know, in his prime in the 70s and the early 80s. His nickname was Sweetness. He, uh, he, he was good. Some, some you know NFL uh, commentators would say he's one of the best NFL uh, running backs in, in the league in history. But this is what was... Uh, Recorded it during a Monday night football game, an announcer observed that the Chicago Bears running back Walter Payton had accumulated over nine miles in career rushing yardage. The other announcer remarked, "Yeah, and that's with somebody knocking him down every four point six yards." <laughs> it, what just a, a good analogy of this Christian walk—that there's a long period of time that we're running this race, and we're going to get knocked down. We're going to get knocked down, but the point is, you got to get back up, right? All of us have failed, and we all fall short of the glory of God, right? But when we make a mistake, we all do. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God again, but when we fall, we get back up again. Scripture says that you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're going to fall, but I, I like that football analogy for, for the man of God. And it really is the essence of Proverbs twenty four sixteen, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. Right? We get back up and we run this race. Right? We endeavor to be the man of God, the woman of God that he's called us to be. Now more than ever, we're needed. God needs us to be in the game. You know, it's interesting, I was just preparing the message, I uh, had the opportunity, I was visiting my, my sister and my brother-in-law, and, and this just occurred to me as a practical example of a, a godly approach to an everyday challenge. My uh, my brother-in-law, as we got over there, he, he found that he had a, uh, a block in his sewer line from his house to the street. And it was probably about 200 feet. So he had the equipment out, you know, the, the motor with the snake on it, and he's snaking it out, and, and it's not clearing. And uh, he went, like, about 200 feet in, and, uh, you know, he just stopped and he prayed, Lord, help me, Lord God, help me free this. I don't want to have to spend the money to get it you know, the heavy equipment out here or whatever, Lord, please. And it didn't clear. But he pulled the snake out, and as he's pulling the snake out, all of a sudden the water drains, and the, water, and the clog is cleared. There's some roots or something in there. And he just said, glory to you, God. Thank you, Lord. He gave God glory and honor for that. And, and, and you know, it, it, it touched me because he, by trade, he's a plumber, right? I mean, he does this. So the alternative to not being able to clear that, like i said bring in the, the heavy duty equipment and it was just a great example and it was just a practical example sometimes our prayers get answered the way we want them to and sometimes they don't right but we give god glory and honor whether we get the answer to the prayer the way we want or you know it comes in some other way and i love this because you know chris is a man of god he, he he's on his worship team every sunday playing a guitar yeah, he's involved at Stephen's Ministry, where they minister to people in their time of need, and it was just a great practical example of a man of God in action, right? And that's everyday challenges we face. We're going to have challenges. It's like Tom Reese, who was here a few weeks ago, say, he would say, hey, it's just rent for living here on earth. <laughs> we all have challenges in life, Right? We need to stay in the game and and do the man-of-God things, the woman-of-God things that we need to do. You know, uh, one additional example of pursuing God is pursuing Him in unity with other believers. Man, this is so important. I can't tell you how helpful it was, you know, a couple years back to have our lifeboats over Zoom during COVID. You know, we're all locked in, but, you know, Pastor Craig and leadership here, you know, had the lifeboats over Zoom, and we were able to communicate. And at a time when everybody shut down, right, we still got together, studied God's Word through Bible studies like How God Makes Men and Seven Challenges Men Encounter. There were other courses, but those were really good. They were helpful and they were encouraging. And it just reminded me of, how important it is as we pursue God in our desire to be the man of God, the woman of God that God's called us to be. We need each other, right? Scripture says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, that day is approaching. Jesus' return, he's coming back. And he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And while we're waiting, we need each other. I need you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. You need uh, us. We need to to be in unity and to take advantage of that in our pursuit of God. We're on to point number three, fight. Right, what a verb. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, fight the good fight of faith. The man of God is not only known for what he flees and pursues, but also what he fights for. That word fight in the Greek can be defined as to contend with adversaries, to struggle with difficulties and dangers. There is always a pain or agony that comes with fighting a battle. However, this fight is good because of what we're fighting for. Without this fight, the souls of men will be lost. Christians will be led astray from God's best. And Satan will gain victory, even if only temporary. We need to fight and stay in the fight. I've said this before, that there's a fight going on and you're in it. (laughs) Whether Whether or not you realize that or you're actively fighting, you're in it. There's an enemy of our souls. But we don't fight the way he wants us to fight. Right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We don't fight the way he wants. He wants us to fight you know, with arguments and, and coming back with evil. That's not the way we fight. The man of God fights on his knees in prayer for his family, for his church, for those God has, those God has put in his sphere of influence right, on the job. Keith is a teacher, right, in the school, dealing with kids all the time. Man, you have that opportunity to be a a man of God, godly influence, as the opportunities arise. Right? All of us have that opportunity in our jobs, in our everyday life. You know, Scripture, Jesus said, let your light shine before men. They may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Right? That light, wherever we go, we go into the jail, that light is illuminating. And we have that ability. The Holy Spirit's with us. He'll bring to our remembrance the words we need to speak when we need to speak. Wherever we go, we bring Jesus. right? Whether it's in the school, Deb works in the school. I I know we have other people working in different industries in different places. But we've got that opportunity to make a difference. And again, we fight the way the word of God says to fight, not the the way the world says to fight. We do it God's way. You know, I was uh, reminded of a, of a movie, one of my favorite movies that I uh, that seen, haven't seen for a while. As I was just thinking about this, this uh, verb of fighting, and, and maybe you've seen it, it's an older movie. It's called uh, Cinderella Man. Yeah, right? It's based on a true story of an Irish boxer named James Braddock. A man who represented the poverty-stricken working class of America during the Great Depression played by Russell Crowe. and uh, kind of spoiler alert here, but it's been out a long time, so if you haven't seen it, you should have but anyway uh, <laughs> it, it was it was a good movie it's a story again, a true story about James Braddock, this boxer who had a, he had a, a mediocre uh, boxing career he, he did okay didn't really make any you know significant uh, gains and and he ended up getting hurt, broke his hand, and uh, they eventually dropped him. And you know he, he was finished, right? No more boxing. And so um, he, he tried different jobs, you know, working at the pier, some pretty hard, hard stuff. And then he got laid off. He had a uh, you know wife and three or four kids, and and then it got pretty bad, right? I think he had to send the kids away, right? Because he didn't have the money to feed them and support them. Um, so. He's out of work, and then he, he, he starts uh, trying to get back into boxing. Nobody wants to give him a shot until finally he, he reaches a promoter, and, and they give him a shot, and it's like a whole new person, right? He has tremendous success, and, you know, he's knocking people out, and he just has a, a great career, and things are going well, and, and he's being interviewed, and, and the journalist asks him, what changed? What happened? What are you fighting for? And he said, I'm fighting for milk. What do you mean you're fighting for milk? Yeah, I'm fighting for my babies, fighting for my wife, fighting for my family. When we have a purpose in our fighting, we'll fight. And I can't think of another more important thing to fight for than for our families, our children, our wives, the people in our sphere of influence. There's a motivation. We fight. Again, we don't fight the way the enemy fights. We fight by the word of God, the way God says to fight. And, and a couple of things here. We fight for our wives, for our marriage, right? That's been assaulted also in our, in our day. And, and scripture is very clear on this in, in multiple scriptures, but here in Ephesians 5.25, we're told, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How much simpler can it be? How much more compelling can it be? Christ gave himself for the church, and we're to give ourselves for our wives. That's a fight worth fighting for. Amen? You know, the man of God also brings up his children in the way of the Lord. Equally important, Ephesians 6.4 says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Right, Who better than the man of God, the Father, to fight for his children and to be there for his children? It's such an important point. There's a fight going on for the hearts of our children. And again, who better than the man of God, Father, to fight for their hearts? I love the fact that Pastor Craig had that uh, that vision for the children's education wing. He had that a couple years ago, right? Pastor Craig and the, the board, I mean, they talked about that. And it's vision and insight into what's needed here in our environment. Because, again, there's, a, there's an assault on our children, right? We need to get the children here, get the word of God planted in their hearts. And uh, I love that River of Life has that as a focus, such a needed focus in our day. You know, uh, we all have that opportunity and it's interesting, you know, as, as we were growing up, Debbie and I had, you know, we would take a lot of video recordings, just our time with the kids, and I finally got around to having the, uh, my VHS tapes converted to digital, and it's a, it's a process uh, that's ongoing. I think we came up to, it was uh, around 50 VHS tapes, from just different, uh, different times, and, and we were watching, some of it's done, and it's posted online, and we were watching some of it, and you know, when our kids were little, they'd dress up and, and they would uh, just be dancing around singing Christian songs because that's what they knew, right? And it, it was funny. They'd sing Christian songs. They'd be preaching. You know, we'd be rolling on the floor wrestling with them and, and uh, bringing them up in the way of the Lord. You know, we didn't do everything perfect. I just say all this to say that, man, a man of God, the woman of God have that opportunity to mold their children and to plant the word of God. Bring a child up in the way of the Lord, and when he grows old, he won't depart. That's a promise. That's why that child's education wing, working with our children, it's never too late, too. You know, I don't care how old you are, how old your kids are. You could still speak life, speak words of faith. That's what a man of God does. That's what a woman of God does. It's so important. We have that influence. You know, this fight, it's also a fight against a pervasive false teaching just like in Paul and Timothy's day, that negative, uh, pervasive teaching against Christ. There's a pervasive evil in our day (laughs) that we need to fight against. But again, we don't fight the way the enemy wants us to fight. We don't make fun of people or ridicule those who are being deceived, right, people being deceived. We fight with the word of God, with prayer, again, the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We fight by being involved in what God is doing, right? by building his church, helping with VBS, working with the youth, working in the nursery, ushering, greeting, media ministries, worship team, all of that. We're building the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ that is needed now more than ever. You know, you probably have heard this statistics that visitors make up their minds regarding a new church in the first 10 minutes of their visit. I've heard actually fewer than that. But that usher, that greeter, worship team, even those of us that are walking up the sidewalk to come into church and you see somebody new. When you smile and say good morning, welcome, that could be the difference between somebody turning around and leaving we're staying and say, okay, I feel comfortable here. I'm open to receiving the word of God. Right? We never get a second chance to make a first impression. Everybody is needed in the body of Christ. Everybody, the sound room, every other ministry I mentioned. A church is not performing to its ultimate when we don't have everybody here working and joining in. That's part of our fight. Yet we fight by getting out of our comfort zones, right? River of Life has had some extension ministries, nursing home ministry, prison ministry. Again, working, reaching out to people in, in work and everyday life. You know, I still uh, I still go to, like I said, Lehigh County Jail every week, and and, and I've heard this multiple times that uh, one of the guys in there say, "Tom, I'm happy. I'm here." And I know, he's gonna, I know what he's going to say when I ask him why, but I ask him anyway, and this has happened multiple times. Alex, you probably remember this too. I'm happy I'm here. Why? Because if I wasn't here, I'd either be dead or I would have done something worse. When we go into those areas that maybe we're not comfortable in, again, we bring the light of the gospel, and we bring Jesus to people in the darkest of places where his light needs to shine bright. It's out of our comfort zone, but it's what the man of God, it's what the woman of God does when we fight this fight of faith. We bring others into the kingdom. Amen? Amen. God is building his church, and nothing that the enemy throws at us will stop God's plan. Isn't that encouraging? When things seem dismal, there is no way what God put in motion will not happen. And this is in Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. God's will will prevail, and we can have that comfort as we fight this fight of faith, no matter what's going on in our world. My fourth and final point, point four, this verb of uh, laying hold, or lay hold. 1 Timothy 6.12 says, lay hold on eternal life. To which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That word for lay hold can be translated to take hold of, to grasp, to take possession of. Timothy was already saved. He already had eternal life. Paul was telling him to live out eternal life. Live out his sanctification. That's what we're all to do. Walk this walk of faith, live it out. Walk out that salvation that God has given us. In conclusion, although fighting is difficult, it's worth the battle. We should hope to be faithful like Paul. At the end of his life, he declared this in 2 Timothy 4, verses seven and eight. I have fought the good fight I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. That crown of righteousness is for all of us. As we flee sin, pursue righteousness, Fight the fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, the attributes of a godly man. Amen. And you know, I want to take a few minutes here and, and just pray, pray for all of you, you know, as an act of faith and, and a desire to grow more and more into the man of God and woman of God that God's called you to do. I'm going to ask you to stand and I just want to pray for all of you. We all need, as we pursue God, to uh, just follow after Him with these godly traits and and the the things we went through. And God will help us. But let me pray. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. Lord, I pray and I ask for Your help, Lord, for Your people, Lord God. as, As we flee sin, Lord God, we pursue You, Lord God. We fight the fight of faith, Lord God, and we lay hold of eternal life. I pray a blessing on your people, Lord God. I pray for doors of opportunity to bless people, Lord God, and to bring them into the kingdom, Lord God. Use your people, Lord God, and equip them for your work. Lord, I thank you, Father God, and and I pray your word, Lord God, that no weapon formed against your people will prosper, Lord God, that you be a shield about them, you protect them, Lord, and give them your peace, God. We thank you for the men and women You've called us all to be, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the River of Life Church Podcast. Subscribe and rate us right now on iTunes to be first to get access to new audio messages every week. Visit rolcdoylestown.org or like us on Facebook to always stay up to date on what's going on at ROLC. If you would like to support this ministry, visit the online giving page at our website. Join us next time for more from River of Life Church.